The epistle to be read today for the Sunday within the Octave of Corpus Christi is taken from the first epistle of St. John, chapter 3. Dearly beloved, wonder not if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in, in himself. In this we have known the charity of God. Because he hath laid down his life for us, we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. He that hath the substance of this world, and shall see his brother in need, shall shut up his heart from him. How doth the charity of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word nor in tongue, but in deed and in truth. In the Holy Gospel. Take him the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 14. At that time, Jesus spoke this, to, the Pharise, to the Pharisees this parable. A certain man made a great supper and invited many. He sent his servant at the hour of supper to say to them that were invited that they should come, for now all things are ready. And they began all at once to make excuse. The first said to him, I have bought a farm, and I must needs go out and see it. I pray thee, hold me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to try them. I pray thee, hold me excused. Another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. And the servant returning told these things to his Lord. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in hither the poor, and the feeble, and the blind, and the lame. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said to the servant, Go into the highways and hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. But I say unto you, that none of these men that were invited shall taste of my supper. Thus far the words of today's holy gospel. And he sent his servant at the hour of supper to say to them that were invited that they should come. And they began all at once to make excuse. His words are taken from the gospel of today's Mass. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. One cold winter morning, a priest, when he was on his way to the rec- from the rectory to the church, he noticed that the snow had, was covering the streets, and the wind had blown high drifts by the roadside. The sidewalks were frozen and treacherous to walk on. To the surprise of this priest, he saw an old woman of his parish making her way to the church. Feeble and gray and bent, the old lady was coming step by step to the church. So the priest went over to her and said, What are you doing out on a morning like this? Father, I'm going to Mass, she answered. Questioning, the priest said, It's too cold for you, isn't it? Oh, it's never too cold to go to Mass and Holy Communion, Father. Besides, I have a little method that helps me, she said. Each time I take a step, I say to myself, One more step for Jesus. And somehow I get there, Father. Now, my dear faithful, in today's gospel for the Sunday within the Octave of Corpus Christi, the church has set this time aside the entire week 
this, from this past Thursday until this coming Thursday and dedicate it to the Blessed Sacrament. All other feasts are suspended and not celebrated. And the feast, the Mass of each day this week is for the Blessed Sacrament. And so in the parable of today's Gospel, we read about the Supper Feast. And this feast represents the Mass and the Holy Eucharist. The Supper Feast where we partake of Christ's body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Holy Eucharist. And the men invited to the Supper represent the Catholics. And many Catholics today make the same excuses as the men in the parable. There are many people who excuse themselves from going to Mass because they are too concerned with their worldly possessions, are too busy to come to the church for our Lord. Other people are like the last man who just got married. This signifies man's affections for worldly things. They are too busy with the things of this world, too many things to do than to come to Mass. Now, all of us are inclined to fall into these affections and attachments because of original sin. If we are not careful, will we become inordinately attached to the things and pleasures of this world? And so we will forget about the things of God. But on the other hand, we have the wonderful example of the old lady in the story who did not even let the freezing cold And snow stop her from coming to Mass, even though this would have been a legitimate excuse for her. As she said, she just pressed on and took it one step at a time. She would simply say and pray to herself, one more step for Jesus. And somehow she made it to Mass, even in those harsh conditions and with those many sacrifices she had to make. You see, if Catholics truly understood the mystery of the Mass, they would not make excuses like the men in the Gospel, but they would do all they could, like the lady in the story, to make it to Mass. Now, my dear faithful, all of us here realize to some extent the great blessings we do have in the Mass and the sacraments. But we can all increase our devotion and in our knowledge in regards to them. And so I would like to speak to you a little bit today about the Mass. You know, everything used and every motion that the priest makes has a different meaning and purpose. There are so many books written on this subject. Today I would like to just give you a basic and general outline of the Mass. The Mass is the very same sacrifice as Christ offered at the Last Supper on Holy Thursday night the night before he died, in which he consummated the sacrifice on Calvary on Good Friday. And so the Mass is not a mere remembrance or commemoration of Christ dying on Calvary. It is a living renewal of the sacrifice of the cross. It is a continuation of the sacrifice. And so when you attend Mass, it is as if you are truly standing there on Calvary with Our Lady and St. John, as they are putting our Lord to death on the cross. The Mass is the same sacrifice as that of the cross. Christ is the same priest and victim in the Mass 
just as he was the priest and victim on Calvary. And so the Mass has the same end and purpose as Christ's purpose of the sacrifice of the cross. Christ died to save us from hell and to gain all graces for us. And so it is in the Mass that these graces are applied to, to our souls and to the souls we pray for. You know, all prayer has the same end and purpose in view. The purpose and end of all prayer is to adore God, to give honor and glory to Him, to thank God for the many blessings He has given us, to show our sorrow for our sins and make atonement for them, and lastly, to ask for the blessings of our, for ourselves and for others. These are the four ends or purposes of prayer. And the Mass, however, is the greatest prayer we have. It is of infinite value because it is offered by Christ, the High Priest, and because it is the sacrifice of the God-man. Thus, the Mass is the omnipotent prayer. Now, a sacrifice is offered as an, is an object offered by a priest to God alone, to acknowledge that He is our Creator and Lord of all things. You know, by our very nature, we know it is necessary to offer sacrifices to God. That is why the pagans of old used to offer sacrifices to their idols, to their pagan gods. They knew by their nature that we needed to offer God our Creator these sacrifices. Sacrifices are how we give God our Creator the honor and glory we owe Him. And so the Mass makes it possible to to continue the sacrifice of Christ on the cross for all time, to offer infinite honor and glory to our God. The Mass is a true sacrifice, and it this, this sacrifice takes place at the consecration during Mass, which is the most important part of the Mass. Most people often confuse and think that the communion time is the most important part. But it is that the, the double consecration of the Mass that makes up the sacrifice. The priest first says the words, This is my body over the bread. And the bread is changed into the substance of Christ's body. And then the priest says, this is my blood over the wine, and it is changed into the blood of Christ. This double consecration signifies the shedding of blood, and this makes up the sacrifice. In the separate consecration of the bread and wine, then, we have the death of our Lord, the separation of his body and blood. The entire Mass before the consecration prepares us for this most solemn moment at the consecration. As the priest goes up to the altar to start the Mass, he begins reciting with the altar boys what we call the prayers at the foot of the altar. They are basically prayers of humility, stating our unworthiness and our sinfulness, and asking at the same time God's help to perform this noble sacrifice. Then the priest ascends the altar. He reads some prayers from Holy Scripture. We then read the epistle and gospel and other prayers from Scripture, thus preparing ourselves by the reading of the Word of God. We are reading God's words to us to get ready for the sacrifice. 
And so as we read these prayers, we read the epistle and gospel. Imagine it is God himself speaking to you in his own words. For truly, these are inspired words from God. And then, of course, there's the offertory of the Mass. The offertory is when we present our gifts and objects to, to offer to God. This is when the altar servers bring up the water and wine. It is now that we should become more focused on offering the sacrifice with the priest. We should then unite our prayers in union with the sacrifice of the Mass. And even offer all your prayers and all that you do each day, all your good works can be offered at the offertory and unite them with the prayers of the priest. Then comes the canon of the Mass when the prayers are here are said in silence, thus preparing for that most august moment of the Mass when the actual sacrifice takes place. This is when the bells are rung. The bells are rung to remind us of this most important moment. The priest then says the words of the consecration over the bread and wine, and they are changed into the body and blood of Christ. Thus, the sacrifice has taken place. The sacrifice of the cross is renewed. The prayers that then follow are mostly to prepare us to receive our Lord in Holy Communion and thus complete the sacrifice. After communion, the prayers of thanksgiving are prayed. In these prayers, we thank God for coming to us in Holy Communion. And we thank Him for all the many other blessings He has bestowed upon us. Now, my dear faithful, this is just a brief overview of the Mass. And so, during this octave of Corpus Christi, and as we will be celebrating the Feast of the Sacred Heart, it's a good time to renew your devotion to the Mass and the Holy Eucharist. Strive then to pay better attention during the Mass, to remember when you are at Mass, and to imagine yourself on Calvary, present there with Our Lady, watching our Savior dying for us. Because the Mass is the same sacrifice as the sacrifice of the cross. So strive to attend Mass whenever you have the opportunity to do so. You know, there is nothing you can do in the day that is greater than attending the Mass, no matter what it is. Even saving lives is not as important as going to Mass. Strive then to attend Mass with a better attention, with interior recollection and piety, and in outward reverence as well. And as you attend, you unite yourself with the priest and to offer the sacrifice to God our Creator. Show your love to your Redeemer and Savior. And do this by praying with Calvary in mind, imagining yourself there at the cross, and having the four ends of prayer in mind, the four reasons why we pray. To adore God, to thank God, to have contrition for your sins, to ask for the graces and blessings that we need, and to help you to assist a Mass and to get the most out of it. You can use your missal and read the beautiful prayers that the church has put together. These prayers in the missal will help you to attend Mass with the utmost devotion and the proper attention. So learn how to follow and use your missal 
and follow the different parts of the prayers of the Mass. And unite yourself and to live the liturgy each day. That is, to be more aware of the different seasons and feasts that we celebrate throughout the year that this church has put together for us to follow. Offer all you do each day also to the Sacred Heart of Jesus in union with all the Masses that are said each day. In this way, you'll be truly living the Mass and drawing the greatest benefits from the infinite storehouse of graces. That is why it's so important to say that in your morning offering, to offer all that you do throughout the day to the Sacred Heart and in union with all the Masses. Thus, you will be drawing down many graces each day from all the Masses that are said. So strive to have a greater love and devotion to our Lord at the Mass and present in the Blessed Sacrament, just like the lady in the story, who would not let the cold or snow prevent her from going to Mass and receiving our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. Do as she did, and just take each day step, step by step, and s- somehow you will get through life if you always have Christ before you. So pray as she did, one more step for Jesus. One more step for Jesus. And so you will prove your love to our Lord and show him how much you appreciate all he has done for you. And as the great Cardinal Mercier, a saintly and learned theologian, used to say, Give me a Catholic fully realizing the doctrine of the Mass, really and truly living the grace of daily Mass, and I will show you someone who will be a saint at the hour of their death. May God bless you. In the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.